hold on. Fans, don't get greedy. <laughs> I want to point out. Don't get greedy. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Shaq Fu asks, which Star Wars movies are currently being developed, and should we be worried about the state of the films? So we're, this is all from that Variety article that came out a couple days ago that was specifically talking about how the Kevin Feige movie and the Patty Jenkins movie Rogue Squadron are shelved, not in development anymore, which doesn't sound like news to me. Like, it, it didn't surprise me, I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, last we heard from Patty Jenkins, she just said, I don't know if it's happening or not. She did and say guess she what, was, it's not. Yeah, she did say she was still working on it <laughs> yeah. in some capacity, but yeah, like Molly came down and showed me the article and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And like, I didn't even want to do a video on it. People were like, like tagging me to check on you I because know. everyone was worried that you'd be upset. But, you know, they've burned us too many times already <laughs> that we're just like, yeah, OK. Exactly. Like, I appreciate the concern, everyone, about like, obviously I want a Rogue Squadron movie. And, you know, there's still hope in me for that. There's hope in me that a rogue squadron story or a pilot story can happen. You know, Star Wars has a long history of, well, this project fell through. Like Star Wars Underworld, stuff from that project has been included into the Bad Batch and in uh, Rogue One. Like Saw Gerrera was originally created for Star Wars Underworld, and then they, they moved him into the Clone Wars. And then, of course, he got more and more prominent. The Church of the Force is something from Star Wars Underworld. So... You know, there, there's still hope that we can get the pilot story that we all want, not just me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, RIP to Rogue Squadron. Yeah. It just did not surprise me at all. Like you said, I'm just kind of jaded. Like, yeah, all right. And I, I guess I, I feel like I'm not worried about the future of the films, especially I think uh, Bob Iger just today, there was another... I think Hollywood Reporter put out an article where he said that they are really going to be careful about the the next Star Wars film that they put out and they want it to be the right one, mm -hmm. which is good. Yeah. Like it, it might mean that it won't come out right away, but something that I've talked about before is I think it was a mistake for them to rush into the sequel trilogy and that they, they set the deadlines for it first. They're like, we're doing episodes seven, eight, and nine. These are the dates they're coming out. And Bob Iger like would not let them budge from those dates, especially Rise of Skywalker. They were like, we need more time. And he's like, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a feeling that whatever Patty Jenkins was writing for Rogue Squadron might have been for too old of an audience. And maybe they wanted to pivot to like, we got to make sure this movie appeals to everybody i i think i think you're right about the appealing to everyone aspect of it i mean i have no idea what she was writing what the story content would have been but even me someone who would have loved to see that film was like really the next movie after the skywalker saga ended is going to be rogue squadron yeah. like it seemed like an odd choice yeah and i think that at the time they were just kind of throwing out movies left and right mm -hmm. and they were like we we can do anything they i think like, they, they they made another top gun movie quick <laughs> uh rogue, rogue squadron I, I i think that they were just throwing out whatever 
and yeah, we just got all these announcements of Kevin Feige's doing a movie and Patty Jenkins and Taika Waititi. Ryan Johnson's got a trilogy on the way. And like all of that stuff, I think they weren't putting enough thought into an overall plan for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's taking a long time to get to our next Star Wars film, I am at least like, all right, you are taking your time now. I think some lessons were learned and hopefully 2025 we keep that date like i do think there are films in development i even think that this article coming out a month before star wars celebration i'm like maybe that bodes well for an announcement at celebration i do not know just crossing my fingers it seems like things are stirring drums in the deep what's that (laughs) quote uh people are are chittering about like possible star wars news Drums happening. in the Deep is a bad omen, though, Molly. So oh. it's, uh, uh, <laughs> that's cheer- what happens right before all the dwarves die. Cheers in, in the Cheers in the Deep. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I agree. Like this feels like just the the calm before the storm. Like everybody's kind of like, what what could happen? Well, there's this option and this option. And in that article, the next one they talked about was Kevin Feige, and how his project was supposedly scrapped. Yeah, that, and, that's all, all of them ex- except Tyka's, right? Tyka's Ty- still... Tyka's sounded like, in that article, Tyka's sounded like he was still working on it actively and planning on having a role, and they compared it to his role as Hitler and Jojo's Rabbit. And well, so... I mean, he, he tends to have roles in all his movies, yeah. Korg and the Thor movies. Yeah, so I was excited from the get-go for a Tyka a Star Wars film. I know a lot of people turned on him after Thor Love and Thunder, but I have faith. I find that to be exhausting. Like people only people just have such a short term memory of whatever the last project that came out was like that. That's how good you are. And when Thor Ragnarok came out, everyone was like, Taika Waititi can do no wrong. And then he makes Thor 4, which I, I also didn't really care for. But then I didn't decide I hate Taika Waititi all of a sudden. I still love, I think, every other one of his movies, at least the ones I've seen. Mm -hmm. So it's just exhausting for people to... We're seeing it with Favreau and Filoni, too. For a while, there were like people saying they should do everything in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And then some people didn't like the Book of Boba Fett. And they're like, never mind. They're terrible. Keep them away from Star Wars. And you're like, what What do you people want? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have a like a tinfoil hat theory, so I'll just yeah. Boop. You have to do it. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe because Patty Jenkins and Kevin Kevin Feige are both involved in uh Marvel slash DC things. Yeah, like, Patty Jenkins is DC. Patty Jenkins is DC, but now that James Gunn has his hands in both of those pots, like. Him coming in to shake things up, could he could have been like, look, we need to concentrate on the 19 plus Marvel <laughs> projects in development and who knows what for DC. And they were like, I know you want to do Star Wars, but let's let's stick to what we know. Yeah, I don't I don't know that James Gunn had anything to do with the Feige situation. I do think that I mean, I was surprised when Feige said he was going to do a Star Wars movie. I was like. When? Like, when do you have time to do that, sir? (laughs) Your hands are full. Uh, 
I, I doubt the James Gunn situation affected that at all. Just, I, I it think... just made me think that because there was like a common element, but I don't know. I don't Maybe. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, the Feige stuff, the Jenkins stuff. I think that they just had all these movie ideas, and I think they were probably all one-offs, like Rogue Squadron. I think they were all kind of a Rogue Squad, Rogue One or Solo, a Star Wars story situation mm-hmm. instead of introducing a new big idea. And I think based off of Kathleen Kennedy's comments before, she has said the same way that we have long-term partners in television, like Jon Favreau, they're looking for that in film as well. I think that they want whatever comes out next to be a big deal Mm -hmm. and not as much as Rogue Squadron would have been a big deal to me, it wouldn't have been to everyone. So. If they're going to announce its celebration, again, no idea, fingers crossed. But if they said, Knights of the Old Republic, we're doing a trilogy of Old Republic films, like that feels like a big return of Star Wars to cinema, mm-hmm. more so than Rogue Squadron would have. Yeah, and there's there's still the David Lindelof project that has been talked about, and he was supposedly writing for the director that worked on Miss Marvel which I really yeah. enjoyed that. So I don't know. I, th- I think that would be a, a fun duo to work together. Yeah, to, to go back to the original question, it sounds like the Taika movie is still potentially happening. And I think that the Lindelof stuff, again, that's all just rumors. But we've heard about it so many times that I'm thinking whatever they're working on, I think they might be the people who are long term partners that Mm -hmm. are going to really flesh out something new and big for star wars films to do yeah it's it's exhausting talking about all these rumors when we're so close to celebration and like maybe we'll get something at celebration if not we'll all be sad (laughs) will wants to know if satine took the mandalorian creed like bo katan i i wanted to pick this question it's something that we discussed on our live stream as well It was brought up by Jane Dalton, who just completely changed my view on that one line that Bo-Katan mentions of, like, I took the creed as a child and my father was proud because I didn't embarrass him. My initial reading of that was kind of like her saying, I didn't embarrass him that day, but that the rest of her life may have been an embarrassment to him. I mean, she joined Death Watch. She fought against her own sister. That's kind of how I read it. But I think I preferred Jane's version of events. Mm. That, no, she took the creed, Bo-Katan did, but Satine did not. She kind of pushed back against the old ways because if it's just theater, if they don't really believe this, why are we even doing it? Mm-hmm. Satine, her story in the Clone Wars is all about helping Mandalorians evolve and change and not be warriors all the time. I could see her refusing to do the Creed and that being the embarrassment that Bo-Katan is referencing. Yeah, I, I need to watch that scene again because was it Din having that reaction slash question of, oh, you took the creed? And her being like, yeah, I wasn't an embarrassment to my dad. Yeah, well, he said, I bet your, I bet your father was proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, buddy. Oh, <laughs> hi. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I was gonna let him settle down a little bit. Yeah, he said that I bet your father was proud. Yeah. And she said, yes, he was. I didn't embarrass him. Yeah, I, I do like this theory because 
as as a fellow sibling of of what am I trying to say? I have a sister. A, a fellow sibling of your sister, sure. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, I like the idea that there's a little bit of like sibling, not a little bit, a lot of sibling rivalry there, and then she still holds on to that, and she still thinks that she was the embarrassment, even though Bo-Katan did some not-so-good things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Bo-Katan is straight up a war criminal. Uh, Katie Sackoff in those roundtable interviews that came out uh, that I watched on the Skywalker channel. Um, Katie Sackhoff talked about how her sister was the politician and she was raised to be the warrior of the family. Like maybe they just had these different roles they were expected to fill. So as the warrior, yeah, Bo-Katan would take the creed. And it, it just tracks so much for me that Satine would not do that. And that would be kind of this first little rebellious thing of like no i'm not going to say these empty hollow words about the the ancient ways of mandalore especially when i think that mandalorians should change and we should be pacifists and stop being warriors and i'm really curious about their father now because mm-hmm. either way i i think that you know someone embarrassed him and i, I want to know where he fell on their conflict yeah. I also don't know when Bo-Katan joined Death Watch. So Satine and her push to make Mandalorians pacifist, and it wasn't just her. There was a big group that wanted that. That caused a rift and a civil war, and Death Watch was obviously on the violent side. <laughs> so was Bo-Katan already fighting against her sister? Was Satine's father fighting against her, or was she fighting with her? Bo-Katan said that he died defending Mandalore, but I'm like... Did he die defending the planet or the ideals that he wanted to defend? Yeah. It could mean a lot of things. Yeah. I I, I love everything that you're saying, and it's a lot of really good questions. I would love, I would love for the next episode, because there's rumors that the next episode's pretty long, like an hour-ish. Let's start off. Start right off the bat with a flashback. We, Because now, okay, we've seen Mandalore and how destroyed it is. Let's do a flashback and see it in all of its glory. Get to know a little bit more about Satine and Bo-Katan and the parents and the royal houses and the mythosaur. <laughs> like, they could... Originally, I thought that's too much for them to explain to the general audience for most people to, like, wrap their heads around... Okay, who's Satine? Blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if they'll be able to pull that off. But they did the flashback with Obi-Wan and Anakin. And that didn't, like, explain anything, really. It was just a fun flashback. But, like, I think they could do it. I think they could do a quick, not even a quick, like, they could be, do, do, like, a 10 or 20-minute flashback just explaining the the major beats of Mandalorian history. I think that they might do a flashback at some point and both of us when she started talking about her sister we kind of leaned in like are we about to see Satine Mm -hmm. I I think that they are trying to trickle out Bo-Katan's history in a way that does not overwhelm people who don't already know it yeah Uh, but the fact that they are kind of giving us a little more and even like her father we've never heard anything about her father before as far as I can recall so I'm like this is news to me so maybe they will keep doing that. Flashbacks aren't unheard of in The Mandalorian already. So I think there's room for it. Uh, 
I don't know if they're going to do like one big flashback to explain it all in one information dump, but mm. I'm really hoping that Bo-Katan starts to be a little more honest about her own role because she keeps saying like, oh, I'm so tired of Mandalorians fighting one another. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, like tell Din what you did yeah. 20 years ago. I think it makes sense that they would go into her history because right now the general audience is like, boy, Din is really going in hard with the cultists. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit worrying. And that Bo-Katan was all about taking the helmet off. She's all good. She's 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 the model Mandalorian. And now we flip that and we get to see like all of her baggage. Right. Just show that like all the Mandalorians are messed up and they need to unite and come together and <laughs> yeah. just uh, figure it out, Mandalore. But yeah, it, it's such a fun question about Satine that is a very deep cut and nerdy thing to talk about that only people who watched the Clone Wars are like hold on wait a minute all these questions uh, <laughs> we got the Charlie Day yeah, red yeah, yeah. string theory happening uh, it's it's so good and I, I love that idea that Satine would have been the embarrassment that day according to Bo-Katan yeah YHC Tower asks, what questions we hope Star Wars answers next now that we know what happened to the Zillow Beast? Yeah, made the joke about how once a week someone would ask, like, whatever happened to the cloning of the Zillow Beast? And I'd be like, I don't know. And now, thank you, the Bad Batch, for answering that. So what's next? Corky. I, I don't care about Corky, but a lot of people do. Honestly, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't get why so many people love Corky. I don't either. I, for once we're <laughs> we're on the same page here. Yeah. A couple a couple weeks ago, I said something and you were like, "Oh, the internet's going to hate you." And then mm -hmm. you said something. I was like, "Internet's going to hate you." Now we said something, the internet will hate both of us equally. Corky's dead. <laughs> I think he is. Dead and gone. I think he is. With a name like that. <laughs> Sorry. Honestly, honestly, yeah. Can you imagine Corky Crees popping up in The Mandalorian and people taking him seriously. Mm -mm. Uh, <laughs> there's no even like good nickname. And I, I, I don't want to sound mean, and I know I do, but like, just know that I'm coming from a good place with all of this. Mm. Corky is is not. They're not going to use a character with that name in The Mandalorian. Uh, they might. Like, Dave prove Filoni me wrong. Might. Dave Star Filoni Wars. might. Maybe he changed his name because he was tired of using it. But yeah, I am Maybe surprised. Maybe he goes by Cork now. And he's like, like that's not even, is that cooler? Cool. My name's Cork. Call me Cork. I pop off. <laughs> okay, that's kind of fun. <laughs> he sounds like he'd get along with Toro Calican. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's when she's like, I'm the last of my house because Cork became an embarrassment and like ran off to be a bounty hunter. Uh, Everyone else is an embarrassment <laughs> to Bo-Katan. Uh -huh. Everyone but me is an embarrassment. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that he probably is not around. If she says she's the last of her house, I believe her. Um, I also never bought into the whole, like, he's Obi-Wan and Satine's secret son. Like, no, I don't mm -hmm. like that theory. Yeah. Anyway, I do think that's a question that comes up a lot. Another Clone Wars question that comes up a lot is, where's Rada the Hutt? Oh, yeah. Where's Stinky? Where's my little punky muffin? Yeah. Rada is, an, is a name that isn't quite as embarrassing sounding. Especially, yeah, compared to Jabba. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's along the same lines. Now, if they bring up Stinky, I will be really impressed. That but... would be funny if like he just can't escape that nickname. Yeah. He's like, I farted one time, and now everyone <laughs> calls me Stinky. <laughs> he had an infection. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he was sick. Yeah, I had a serious illness, and they called me Stinky, and now that name has followed me forever. <laughs> and that's his villain origin story. Oh, well, see, that's the thing. I want, if they bring Rada the Hut into our lives again, I want him to be good. Yeah, I do too. Like, I think that needs to happen. We need to see more good guy slash good person huts. I agree. It would be nice to to have that be the case. I, there were some legend stories about Rada that he was basically sent to Nalhutta to, to learn. Just mm -hmm. a quick explanation as to why we don't see him anymore. Uh, but we don't know anything in canon yet, so. Well, wasn't there a story about a hut in Mos Pelgo? Yeah. It, it's not Rada. Oh. They've made that clear it's not Rada. Boo. <laughs> well, that's going to be my headcanon until they do show us Rada. Um, I, I think it was too young to be Rada anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the only other one that popped into my head was, I, I need to know if Garza Whip is okay. Or, is she dead? Is she... Was she there? She could have not been there. She... she... They showed her looking at the bomb right before it went off. Well, maybe someone jumped in front of her. I don't know. She was such a cool character. Honestly, yeah. Waste of Jennifer Beals. <sighs> Seriously. She was gorgeous and her outfits were amazing. Maybe too expensive to keep making. And that's why they were like, we got to kill you. <laughs> we got to get rid of you. <laughs> I want her to be alive, but that maybe that's just me. Yeah. Uh, okay, for for something I want answered, where's Cobb Vanth? We're, we're, we're answering things that happened a year ago. He was like the big major post credit scene. Yeah, in I want to make that. sure he... Wh what modifications did they give him? I, I am genuinely concerned about that. want to make sure he's still... I'm sure they were good just ones. Just the best. I don't want him to have like a giant like robot... I don't know. I, I want him to just still look like Cobb Vanth. He seemed... Uh, rather person-shaped in that back to tank <laughs> i think so and he just got shot in the shoulder it doesn't seem like that is that grievous of an injury just yeah and i don't want him to turn into general grievous the you next don't time want you him, see him an eyeball in a in a bowl in no. a spider droid and a bigger spider droid no i'm i want to make sure he's all still there and he's okay but most questions we get are questions we haven't had answered for 20 years. Molly and I are like, that thing that happened a year ago? Let, hurry up. Get hurry on up. it. <laughs> Spider-Man of Earth 1218 wants to know if Palpatine bringing the Zilla Beast to Coruscant was the dumbest thing he ever did. Yeah, Palpatine gets a lot of praise for how much of a master manipulator it, he is and how Masterful he's, planner. And yeah. Got backup plans on backup plans. But he's made some dumb moves, and the Zillow Beast is 100% one of them. Yeah. I mean, I think he thought it was still a good plan, and he could have like figured out ways around that. But yeah, the, the Zillow Beast was bad. I think picking a fight with Mace Windu is another dumb thing. Uh, not shutting off your zappy fingers when people keep deflecting it into your own face, mm -hmm. especially the second time. Like, the first time around, maybe he didn't know that was going to happen with Mace Windu. But on Exegol, mm -hmm. you knew. Yeah. You experienced it already. And he just didn't stop yeah. <laughs> until he disintegrated. Maybe the, the planet killer weapons. Just, just making another one. Making more of them. Electrocuting someone's son right in front of them. I think that's kind of a dumb move. Mm. But yeah, it's just his overconfidence is his weakness, like Luke said. 
Sami Korhonen asks, which era of Star Wars we think needs more stories and if there's anything we feel is currently missing in the franchise? The only era I want to get to is like anything outside of the Skywalker saga. Mm. We have the High Republic, but you know, so many of the stories we've had have just taken place in the 60 year period. And I'm like, we can go lots of other places. Yeah. <laughs> and right now in the current canon, like I'm, I'm working on the complete canon timeline again for this year. And I'm like, prehistory and the Old Republic have so little. Yeah. And it'd be nice to have an actual story there. I mean, it feels like they're saving that for something big. Yeah, hopefully. So, yeah, my answers were going to be obviously Old Republic and post episode nine stuff. I really want to know more about Ray. Is she okay? Is she all right? Is she happy? Um, if if we want to, if I want to say an answer within those sixty years, mm-hmm. I would say kind of the events leading up to the sequel trilogy. I think we need a lot more context there. Shadow of the Sith, Bloodline, those are excellent starts, but I would like more. Yeah, I think there's still room for stories to be told between episodes one and two. Yes, that's a good one. Like, show us more of Anakin training, like. The the prequel fans are large and in charge right now. So like, give us more prequel content. That's a great one. Because I think there's one there's one comic by Charles Soule. It's a good miniseries. And then there are a couple like one-off stories. But for the most part, in between episodes one and two, uh, not, a, not a lot going on. Queen's Shadow, I think is in there. But mm-hmm. that is, it's a 10-year gap that we don't have much. On to YouTube questions, Jan Melantu wants to know if Emery and other assistants at Mount Tantus could be clones. I definitely do wonder why they they went with uh, an accent that sounds so similar to Omega's. It sure does. I mean, she doesn't have the blonde hair, but yeah, the, just having the accent kind of points you in that direction. It definitely makes you go, why? So I, I, I want to say no. I don't think she is. I feel like Nala Say, Nala Say was there when she walked up and talked to Hemlock. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nala Say would have had something to say about that, but yeah. they they've never said that there aren't more female clones. They said that Omega was the only other non tampered with, like Boba Fett, yeah. like Alpha. It could be a mixture of another female clone. And just a random Mount Tantus experiment. Like it would make sense to me that they couldn't find anyone loyal enough to work there and participate in all their random experiments. So they like created someone to do that. Or maybe, uh, maybe Emery is like a second generation clone, as in maybe she is a clone of Omega, an altered clone. That'd be weird but (laughs) like mount tantus is heavily tied to cloning so it sure would not surprise me to learn that people that work there are clones yeah ultimately i think it's just a coincidence i think so too but it's it's a weird coincidence and it's it feels like when they made that casting decision they knew people would be like what's going on here Mm -hmm. i mean mount tantus is meant to be kind of mysterious (laughs) like what are they doing over there that's true Fletwin asks if we could see the Zillow Beast fight the Mythosaur. Hold on. Fans, don't get greedy. (laughs) I want to point out... Don't get greedy. I want to point out that this question was written before the latest episode of The Mandalorian. 
So they, they were just saying like, maybe, maybe we'll see a mythosaur. <laughs> <laughs> and then it happened. Yeah. And we just got the Zillow Beast back. So <laughs> if we're if the Zillow Beast is at Mount Tantus, and they bring this up as well. So Thrawn and the legend stories has heavy ties to Mount Tantus. So <laughs> what if he goes back to Mount Tantus and he's like, oh, there's a Zillow Beast in here. Let me just unleash that on the galaxy somewhere. And Din's like, I'll get my kaiju and we'll kaiju battle. <laughs> I mean, maybe... They do keep showing us giant monsters, like we got the crate dragon, we got the turtle dinosaur thing, we got the big uh, four-armed or four-legged thing in Book of, Book of Boba Fett that was like looked kind of like stop motiony. I forget. Oh what, yeah, what that, uh, one, that was one wasn't called. big enough to take on a Zillow beast. That but... was a medium monster. Yeah, yeah uh, just a mini monster. I mean, I agree with my first sentiment. Don't get greedy, but maybe. I, th I think no i i i think pulling the zillow beast into the mandoverse would be uh a real mind mess for i was trying to think of a nice way to say that uh yeah a real like what for people who hadn't watched the clone wars well also just by going into book of boba fett and all the stuff that they did with the rancor and the symbolism there uh i don't see them taking the mythosaur and just being like, all right, who can he fight? Right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I just thought it was hilarious. I, I double-checked the date, and I was like, that was before The Mandalorian, mm. so uh, good we got, timing. We got an inside source in there oh, somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll have to keep an eye on them. <laughs> Leave your scoops in the comments. <laughs> Armin Galusian wants to know what the differences are between Death Watch and the children of the Watch. This is a good question. Yeah. I I think they are absolutely connected because we saw a member of Death Watch taking Din away and then the children of the Watch. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that just sounds like a, an indoctrination tool for Death Watch. Yeah. Maybe just like a, a more intense sect. Yeah. I mean, the names are so similar. The, the basic ideas, I think, are pretty similar, but the children of the Watch just sound like they they went all in yeah. on the traditions and being super old school with everything. So I, I yeah. think that is probably what it is. <laughs> because pre Vizsla and all of Death Watch, they wanted to keep to the old ways. They were, like we were talking about Satine trying to make them all pacifist. They were the primary group fighting against that because they were like, no, we've always been warriors and we will stay that way. They didn't follow the the helmet rule they mm -hmm. took their helmet off whenever they felt like it yeah but as they were building up their forces i could see them being like we're gonna super indoctrinate these kids which is just terrible but that's what i think it was yeah aj asks if there will be a sith in the high republic and they specifically asked will we get like a sith story i i think the acolyte will serve that but i wanted to focus on the books mm -hmm. uh and will will we see the sith at all in phase three for example because phase two is almost wrapping up i mean i think it would be a fun like last chapter mm -hmm. slash epilogue thing to put into whatever the last book of the high republic time period is i agree an epilogue of two sith on exegol <laughs> 
Just like, hanging out. Did you hear about all this Nile business? That's crazy. <laughs> Makes our job easier. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And like, I want him to keep it like pretty vague, real creepy and mysterious. Like, I don't know. It's it's something that I think there's a lot of potential for. Yeah, I, I do not think they're going to be a major part of the publishing initiative. I like the epilogue idea, but I, I think they really wanted to separate the High Republic. And that's why outside of the Jedi, it's basically a bunch of new stuff. The Nile, the Dringir, mm-hmm. the Path of the Open Hand. I, I don't think we're going to see Mandalorians in this era. Yeah. Not because they're not around, just because they want this to feel distinct. And then in the future, as the era expands, we'll probably see, yeah, what the Sith were up to, what the Mandalorians were up to. I also think if we did an epilogue at the end of Phase 3, that could tie into the Acolyte. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, it sounds like there are Sith characters in the Acolyte. Yeah. And it could also tie in with Yoda and how he knows about the Rule of Two. Right. Because he's in the High Republic books and comics and stories quite a bit, so... He could also have a place in said epilogue. Yeah. that's. I, I think that the initial push, these first three phases of books and comics, were about making a new universe that felt, or a new corner of the universe that felt very different. And then as people continue to write in that era here or there, I think we'll get more and more familiar stuff. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.